Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, welcome back. It's Michelle Wong here, and uh, this episode is actually a very special and different one. My good friend and business partner, Krista Rialba, she also has an amazing podcast called Ambitious Mama, and what her and I decided to do was to interview each other. So this episode that you're going to hear very soon is her interviewing me on her show, but we decided to make it so that um, I'm also interviewing her and her experience. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, So you'll hear her introduce us and um, the conversation rolls from there. So enjoy this episode. Definitely follow Krista. She's been a good friend and mentor of mine and uh, she has so much wisdom to offer and I'm excited to introduce you to her and her work. Enjoy. And then it's all serious. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I have my friend Michelle Wong here, and she also has me. This is a dual interview. So, you guys, Michelle Yay! has a podcast. You, I obviously have a podcast. So, we're going to like do this like double whammy here because we were going to do them separately, but then we figured, you know, let's, uh, let's do this in one shot. Yeah, why not? Let's just have two girlfriends talking. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So meet Michelle Wong. I'm Krista Rialba. We are podcasters. What else are we, Michelle? We're so many things. We are. We're total boss babes. <laughs> yes. Total boss babes. We are lovers of all things wellness and all mm-hmm. things holistic and all things that will help us to grow and evolve. I, I think it's safe to say we're personal development junkies. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I, I would also say one thing we do not have in common is Michelle has um, more certifications and credentials in a weekend than I've had in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Very true. So I'm excited to learn about your, your podcast and this podcast is still very, it's still very much a baby. Um, yeah. And like, let's see where this conversation goes, but I need to know what is a sacred emergence and why did you call your podcast that Michelle? Uh, Thank you so much, Krista. First, it's like, it's really an honor that we get to do um, a dual podcast and one together. So thanks Mm -hmm. for the idea and for uh, reaching out and inviting me. Yeah, so Sacred Emergence. Um, I knew that I wanted to create a podcast and I I was having resistance to it though. Um, And I like what intimidated me was like the consistency of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew I wanted to get my voice out there because there's so much in the personal development world. uh, So much like I'll say like one of my pet peeves is the word self-improvement because I, I don't like the, I don't like thinking that there's like, we all need to to be improved. Like I just Mm -hmm. feel like we are perfect as we are. Um, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean to say that there's always room for us to grow and to learn and to evolve. And that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was like the voice that I wanted to get out, um, that we are amazing as we are. Like if we feel bad about ourselves, if we're having like crappy emotions or feelings, like it's really important for us to really honor and recognize those feelings versus push it away. Um, and one day when I was in my dance class, um, I was like thinking about my podcast, like what would I call it? And then it was through dance that sacred emergence, boom, it just downloaded (laughs) Mm. and it felt so good. Yeah. I love Um, those downloads. 
so good. You're just like, yep, that's it. Boom. And you trust it. Yeah. And I was like, at first I was like, well, will people even understand what it means? Like sacred emergence? Like, but I was like, I'll explain it. (laughs) Like it makes sense to me. And, um, and it really is, it's like our soul, like we are emerging from wherever we are and it's a sacred process. So Mm. I love that came to you from dance. Thank you. Yeah. It's like the embodiment, right? So, um, and that's a large piece of like what I stand for and getting in our bodies and moving. And so it just really spoke to me too. Yeah. I could totally see that download, how that happened. I can like literally picture you. (laughs) Thank you. I know. It's like, it's like, yeah. I I get to see you moving Because like I was literally, yeah. And like, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm trying to brainstorm something like a name, it's such a logical linear process that it becomes like, I can't sleep, you know, cause my mind is just mm-hmm. spinning. And mm-hmm. so I just, when we get into our bodies, I think when we allow space for it, we, we allow mm-hmm. the downloads to come. So, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like we need to possibly elaborate a little bit more. Um, on, I think we, we both have a lot to say about the balance between masculine and feminine energy and what that means, mm-hmm. um, and how important that is in, as a woman in order to thrive and to really totally just, you know, take all of the opportunities that are available to us. And at the same time of being in our feminine, like it is a beautiful dance for sure. And it's, it's easy to kind of get tripped up and, and fall one more into one than the other. Mm. And mm. what you were sharing in terms of like your fear of the, the consistency piece, cause that um, the masculine energy is that's like the consistency, that structure, that routine, right. Which um, I can see why you were resisting that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, totally. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I have to do this every week. What if I run out of things to say? What if I run out of people to interview? Which, you know, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> the what if, what if, yes. Yeah, the well, what ifs, totally. Now, on my podcast, I know that if people have been listening to, to it from the beginning, which might not be the case, and the first episode or two is probably a bit of a hot mess. I, I haven't had the courage to actually listen again. <laughs> But that's when the download happened and it was, it literally woke me out of my sleep at three o'clock in the morning, like boom, Mm -hmm. woke up. Mm -hmm. And, and it was me very much compartmentalizing who I, who I am. And that was putting me as a mom in a box and me as an ambitious woman in a box. And, um, we can be one of many things, right. And really being confident in, you know, in our entire journey and not just like sections of it. And kind of like, like, just like you said, like, it's, I agree with you. I don't think I, I truly love that self-improvement. I love personal growth and development, development for sure. And growing as a human. But I think that that's like, that's the trap of like, that we're not good enough because that's what's stopping each and every one of us from truly owning it because at some point of our lives and probably someone well-meaning told us that we weren't enough of something Mm -hmm. and we believed it totally yeah right and I think that's really where my that's where my blocks were happening with like the the separation of the two parts of my life and livelihood where I didn't think I was mom enough Mm -hmm. Mm. like I'm not mom that enough. So, what does that that's, mean? So, I, <laughs> that's so interesting right it's like the stories yeah. we tell ourselves because from like just from my perspective I always you know you're a dedicated mom you always have time for your boys and like you make them a priority and you're also incredibly ambitious and you get so much done and so I always like when you launched your podcast I'm like oh that makes so much sense <laughs> mm. so I'm glad you had that wake up like this is it yeah this is it but I think we all have situations in our life where we feel we walk into a a room 
uh, or a scenario and we feel unworthy, less than, not good Mm -hmm. enough, fear of being judged. What is that about? Oh my gosh. That's like the million dollar question, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think like a lot of times it comes from childhood conditioning. That's, you know, like that would be like, that's the answer to that. But like, really, um, I think a lot of times it just comes from like comparing ourselves to other people. We know the people that we looked up to, um, being bullied, like all of the things. And I know for me, I grew up to be a people pleaser and I'm still Mm. unraveling that, you know, it's a really conscious thing of, okay, what, what is it that I really want and what's true for me? And, once I tap into that, then it matters less <laughs> what what mm. the results, you know, um, once I tap into my own truth. And that takes time because we're not taught to sit back and really feel into what we want to bring out, like what's in alignment for us. A lot of times it's like be and go, 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 you know, um, follow yeah. the trends that we lose ourselves. Mm. What's your earliest memory of like being that people pleaser, being mm. the, the nice girl, just not to upset anyone. I, well, there's like, there's the high school uh, memory that is more, you know, it's more memorable. Like it just hit cause it's high school and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. The mean girls. And then there's also thinking back to like, even though I was in first grade, like grade one, um, I, I'm an only child. So I'm going to say like, I, I got my way. (laughs) So like sharing, like what's sharing. But like, I remember that, um, and I think it was in first grade when I realized when I was nice to someone, like when I shared my candy, like I got a friend. Um, mm. or I remember there was another girl in my class and I asked her cause you know, it was recess and she had like a bag of chips and like, we always asked like, Oh, can I have one? Can I have one? And uh, she almost ran, she almost didn't have any left. And she's like, well, I'm almost done. Why don't you just take the whole thing? And I was like, that was so kind. And I liked, like, I liked her even more. So I think it was like from that place of wanting to make other people happy so that I would make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, cause before that it was hard for me to make friends. Um, cause I was like, mm, I don't want to share, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think that that was the conditioning of, I have to give, give, give and make people happy in order to, um, have friends and, you know, and be, be liked. Yeah. And it, it is true. Like yeah. I, I, you probably have the, um, the education, probably some sort of certificate on this piece I'm about to ask you. <laughs> But I, you guys, I, I joke, but Michelle is seriously the most like certified person I know. So you better subscribe to her podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Um, okay. So there's a lot of like, I, probably amazing textbook, uh, you know, science and stuff. Like the psychology about the, the earliest memories and how that forms who we are as adults. And that's really kind of what I was really asking you that about why I was asking you that because like when I was working with a coach one time and, and she was trying to unravel this feeling of being unworthy amongst people that I was equally as successful as, or even more successful than, and it actually brought us to, it was like, she led me through it in a meditation and it literally took me back to kindergarten and I was very mm. tiny. Like I was, I'm, a, I'm not very big now, but I was very tiny in kindergarten and I was the smallest one in class and I couldn't open my thermos. And every time I had my thermos, I couldn't open it myself. So all the other kids would open it for me and, and, or I'd have to get help like reaching for something or them tying my shoe or something like that. And it, it stuck with me so that even when I seen them all of the years growing up, I didn't feel like I was as good as them, even when we were in high school. It's like mm. crazy that just like those, just those early little memories, I, I thought that that meant that I was not as good as them because I was a little bit behind, um, like developmentally and g- growing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I still haven't caught up, but you know, it was like my self-worth was really, was really wrapped up in that. And it sounds so crazy, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the tools to say that I was, and it, I, don't, I remember them being maybe like a little bit kind of dismissive of me, but I don't remember anything being overly mean, but it definitely made me feel that I was not as good as them. Mm-hmm. And that's kindergarten in my yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Right? And, and like now I would say like, you're mighty and you're fierce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if, you know, you might be small, like whatever, <laughs> like yeah, physically, definitely... like whatever, but you're, yeah. yeah, I think it's like that, but that, that journey of becoming more of yourself, I don't think that ever mm-hmm. ends, right? No. And it's yeah, like, it's interesting, totally. you're just peeling back the layers and just speaking more boldly and more authentically, and you're just like, you can see, like, um, I'm still in my 30s. You're still in your 30s too, right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're holding on a couple more years. <laughs> Late 30s. <laughs> just, um, yeah, like white knuckling it. Just kidding. <laughs> same. But I can see how like women who are, you know, a little bit ahead of us, how they speak so like unapologetically. I can see how that happens. You're just like, F it. I'm just saying exactly how it is. Yeah. And I think like, I, like, I just, I love what you were saying about like, it never ends like the, the, the evolution, like the, the, the growth, because I, I think that's why we're here on earth, like looking at like the big schema things. Like that's why we're here. We're here to learn and grow our soul. And you know what they say, like, the first seven years of our time here on earth, like it's all like we're all sponges, right? Like we don't even know what we're picking up subconsciously. And Mm -hmm. so what happens in the first seven years, it's like, it becomes our life's work to, to grow and to learn and to like, really like realize a lot of the conditioning is a lot of it's not true from when we were young. Mm. And it makes sense. like, totally fierce, you know? So, um, but it takes work and awareness to do that. And not everybody chooses that. Yeah. And I think that path is so worth choosing because the opposite is living. It has to be living in a place of fear because we can't live in both love and expansion, expansive thinking and also fear. It's one or the other. And I think like if you, if you don't go the path of like, Oh, being curious and learning and, and like, not being so dead set in things are this way or that way. It's like, hmm, well, maybe it's like this and maybe I could learn this instead. And maybe that, even though maybe I wasn't good at this for all these years, maybe that doesn't have to be true forever. Yeah. And just questioning our thoughts and like, oh, is that really true? <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's like, I'm still like, I'm definitely not um, like, I'm still a student. I'm still learning. And like, sometimes I'll like, where did that thought come from? You know, yeah. like I've had that thought forever and then it manifests my daily life. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't have to be true. I can change yeah. it. So I love, um, yeah. I love Byron Katie's The Work. And that is questioning, mm, yeah. it's literally questioning your thoughts. Like, you know, you have a crazy thought, like, um, I don't know, my husband's a jerk. That's not true. My husband's not a jerk, but it's like, my husband's a jerk. Okay. So is that true? Do I know for sure that it's true? Um, how do I feel if that wasn't true? <laughs> right? Like, so it's like yeah. literally huh. asking questions to the statements like, well, do I know for sure it's true? Like for sure I'd bet my life on it that that is just the truth and there's nothing more to it. Well, no. Like, so it's a really cool little, it's simple, simple breakdown. If you guys go to uh, thework.com, it's a free um, download. A genius tool in unraveling some of those. It's basically questioning any thought that causes you pain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it is, it's simple. And yet it's so enlightening. You're like, ah, it's, it's like, oh shoot, it's not, (laughs) it's not true. Mm -hmm. And like, I, like I'm responsible for, like, I think it's like when we put our responsibility in our own hands that, okay, this is where the work comes in. Right. Maybe that's why she calls it the work. (laughs) Yeah. Cause (laughs) that's what happens. It's not easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, in that inquiry, you have to yeah, flip it's... it around. And it's like, well, is it like, how am I a jerk? <laughs> right. And then you're like, I know. And that's I'm like, actually oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, what? It was way easier when he was the jerk. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, oh, oh the finger's back at me. <laughs> yes. Oh, my oh. God. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about this masculine and feminine thing. And it's like, for anyone who's listening to us and they're like, okay, this is a little bit much, like it's really not so out there. It's really, really simple. So I think having both Michelle and I, we have, Michelle and I, we like, you and I have different strengths, eh, Michelle? Um, in terms so. of our personality. And, and I know at times I've been like overtly masculine um, in my drive that doesn't necessarily serve me. Mm. Right. Yeah. You may have also be able yes. may actually be able to pull that up in terms of your memory bank. Cause we've known each other for a while. Uh, where it's, I come in and it's like, it's like do or die. This is how it's going down. This is the plan when there's room for both. But then the opposite of that is like, you know, just allowing things to grow organically and la la la. And it's like, there's zero grit in that, in that analogy. So it's like the marriage of both is how beautiful things are created. What would you say that you fall more to naturally more masculine or, or more feminine? Oh, that is such like a good question. And um, if you were to ask me this like three months ago, honestly, I would say masculine, like default, like masculine. And um, one of the the questions, I forget who, it might be Pat Allen and she she's like a relationship expert. She's in her seventies. Um, but I think one of the questions that she'll ask to see if you're more feminine or masculine inclined is, do you want to be cherished or do you want to be respected? Mm. And like, whenever, like when I heard that, I was like, respected, like, I don't even know what it means to be cherished. Like, what does that feel like? Um, so I was like, well, that means I'm more masculine. Um, but with, uh, my injury, with my knee injury, um, I've really had to sit back and, and receive and, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's a humbling experience when my friends are coming over and they're cleaning, you know, the floors, they're doing my dishes. Cause it's just, it, it's just like just receiving all of that. I realized like when I was asked that question again, do I want to be cherished or respected? I was like, Oh, it, you know, being cherished is something really incredible and I for the first time I felt what it felt like to be cherished and Mm -hmm. so I don't know anymore I think like um my linear logical side when fear kicks in I would say I fall into the masculine but my essence I I've been in such a wounded masculine place that it covered the feminine um Mm -hmm. and that really came out when I had to just surrender to receiving help and support. Um, and so I would say I'm, I'm, I'm practicing more of becoming my feminine self, (laughs) Mm. but I wear the mask of the, the masculine really well, because, you know, I've been taught to live in this, this fear base for so long. Um, yeah. So that's like, that was a long answer to your question. Yeah. It's interesting one because the thing is, is both men and women, we can't live too much in in one side of the pendulum without having a, some sort of emergency where it could be a, like a physical health emergency. It could be just things are not going to flow as they could and should. um, In that abundant way where there's more ease and flow in your life. If you are one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been watching um, Shine On with Reese Witherspoon. She does these incredible interviews with powerful women. It's on Netflix right now. And um, she interviews Dolly Parton. And like, what a just amazing woman. It's like, if you weren't a fan, like, definitely watch it. Because it's just like, <laughs> she's just so amazing. 
But anyways, it's like, it's, she's really, like in terms of this conversation right now, she sums it up without probably even trying to. But it is like that, and I guess in the Southern kind of way, it's like push and pray, right? So mm-hmm. you want something, you're out there pushing for it, but you're also praying for it right? So you're allowing Mm -hmm. the divine or God or the universe, you're allowing another hand in it, but you're also out there with your grit, making it happen too. Right. So that's why like the word like hustle is not currently like, you know, on trend, you know, used to be like hustle hard. Now it's like, I don't even know what the t-shirts would say at the moment. Like, I don't know, spiritual something or another. Right. But it's like, you, you do need both. Like there's no if, ands or buts about it, but Like if you're just going out there and you're just like, just focus on your goals and just focus on results, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to miss the opportunities along the way that weren't part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, totally. And yeah, like, um, and that was me, like for the, like the majority of my life, I was like, okay, I got to get it. I'm going to do it. And, um, and then I was experiencing a lot of burnout. So I'm like, okay, something's not working. Right. And then Mm -hmm. like, I I talk a lot, well, I don't, I haven't talked a lot about human design, but it's a big passion of mine. And so I'm learning more about it. Um, and the more I do, it's like, Oh, like we can totally do the, do things differently and honor our energy. And, um, cause we're all energetically different. So, yeah. Well, would you say that if you were to peel back the layers, if you're more, if you tend towards more masculine or feminine, Krista? Definitely more masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's got me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and even in terms of the dynamic of being married, right? And, mm-hmm. and not allowing for, um, not allowing to be cherished and feeling uncomfortable being cherished. Right. That's an interesting dynamic. That's not healthy. Right. Um, and I've been actually mentioning this on a few of the past episodes. So I feel like there's a, a full dedication episode coming soon. But like when we talk about like that, like that, uh, either like mental health or physical health emergency that can happen. I was so in the masculine for so many years of doing, 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 goals, goal focus, and just like really burning the candle at both ends. And, um, you know, when we found out we were pregnant with our first son, Curtis, um, that wasn't part of the, the plan. Like it was a surprise. And I had it in my head that, I don't know, again, I don't know where I picked up this subconscious idea, but had it in my head that you could not bring a baby into the world unless you owned a home. (laughs) Okay. Mm. That was some sort of random belief that I had. And I'm like, nope, we have to buy a house. Well, at that point, Mike and I, we were not married. We were both like living in, in Toronto, one of the more expensive cities in Canada for many years. You know, we both went there when we were teenagers, had just tons of debt, zero savings, not exactly great for the bank to give us a loan. And, um, I was like, absolutely not. We're owning a home. So I just continued to working at that and not even the same level of I was before, but even at more accelerated level. And then when it was time to surrender in the most feminine way of giving birth, oh, like now you can see how I was literally setting myself up for like a complete catastrophe in terms of physical, mental, emotional. And Mm. I did not know, I did not know how to just rest. I didn't, I didn't know how to slow down. I didn't know how to be, I didn't know how to be cherished. And that caused two years um, of just intense, intense healing that needed Mm. to happen Mm. in order for me just to feel um, I don't even know how you could say it because it's not like you ever can get back to pre-baby you, I don't think, but mm-hmm. to get back to feeling grounded and whole, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Two years. Yeah. Like that's a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you know, in terms of being torment, like feeling that torment and that darkness for that long, 
Um, so that's really like, so I do know that my default is masculine, but that to be said, that was, Curtis was born nine years ago. So I did mm-hmm. learn so much, so much in that journey, but it's still a conscious choice I need to make to, to um, take care of me, to allow, to step back, to delegate, to cherish myself, to nourish myself, all those things. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, it's like, like what came up for me is like, we, we need to be easy on ourselves in terms of, cause I, you know, we are brought up in a patriarchal society. And so when women went back to work, <laughs> like there was this need to prove ourselves and to be like the guys, you know? So mm-hmm. I think like there was like a, like a switch, you know, in order to have to fit in and be respected. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a lot to be said for that as well versus like, um, now I, I feel like as things are shifting back to equilibrium, um, there's, there's a dance, right. Of like playing in the extremes. Um, mm-hmm. but I think there's more awareness now of like, okay, like how do we as women balance our roles? Um, and the work is still a lot on us because, the like men tend to they just pretty linear like (laughs) like you know like I think as women we have more um more I don't know if responsibility is the right word but there's just more uh work on our end as well 100 percent yeah 100 percent and that's um and I mean we'll never know what it's like to be a guy like in terms of that role and that emotional tool I don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes, um, but I have had, um, you know, interesting conversations with my husband where the emotional um, toll um, of being a woman and caring for children specifically, like that is, that is unique. Like um, mm-hmm. it's just different. We're just wired differently. And it doesn't mean that you know, dads don't, you know, love their kids as much or anything like that. But the emotional responsibility and toll is, it's at a different level. (laughs) It's like, it's like your heart is walking around outside of your body all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But like back to kind of like that, uh, that what you're, what you were mentioning that the whole equilibrium of like, you know, we, we fought so hard to, to be taken seriously and bring it, tying that, that into like the conversation of the masculine and feminine energy the the whole planet will thrive more when we're all in balance it's not about women showing up and being like hyper masculine and like super boss bitch mode you know what i mean like and just be trying to be like a guy and just you know that's not going to heal anything and also it's not like the like our men need to to learn from from the heart that it's already in them it's not about them being more like a woman it's just allowing that compassion and that trust and that space and both women and men i think we all can benefit from that balance yeah yeah i totally agree and especially like um like I heard, I forget where I heard this, but I heard like men for them to tap into their hearts. It, when they're around like a woman who is more in their feminine, it allows for their heart to open up more. And that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally. I just love what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we talk a lot about, I think there's so much room for, uh, I think, I think you and I really live in a bit of a bubble to be honest, like in terms of how we, in a, in a beautiful way, the most beautiful bubble, um, because we, cho- we have chosen a path where we surround ourselves with people who, who support each other, you know, and we, we understand the powers of collaboration. We understand the powers of cheering each other on. Mm-hmm. Um, and sisterhood, we know the value of that, right? And I would love to see more of that happen too for, for men everywhere. And to, mm. to, to open up and to allow, you know, trust amongst, you know, their, you know, their, their, their friends and, and just allow that space. And I, and I do see that actually in a beautiful way with my husband and his friends, but they, they actually had training on it because they went to theater school, right? So they oh, went, that's right? Awesome. So, 
so that like that's like they're so um they're so close and they talk about their feelings and like they talk like they have a really beautiful um you know dialogue and I think it's so special and and I'm so grateful that Mike has that those tools that he would have would not have learned from his upbringing necessarily but he was able to learn that and now we can teach that to our boys and I think mm. that's really special too but I mean that's like theater school like three years of university right. level you know <laughs> about like they're like rolling on the ground and I don't even know what they do in theater school but they're like doing <laughs> like get in touch with their body and you know but uh yeah, the masculine feminine balance will, will really bring healing. I agree. And I, you know, I think there are, there are programs out there for men, but they say it's always underground. Yeah. <laughs> like what you just said. So that I think like the good men project or the good men project, I think that's one where like, yeah, I, it's like, it's crazy if guys, like, I don't know, like life is hard on it's like life can be so hard. So having that, support structure is so critical um -hmm. yeah we don't have to be mr macho (sighs) no (laughs) oh my gosh well i want to know because we're wrapping up 2019 i think we have what 40-ish days left of the year um just crazy which is nuts (laughs) right crazy so with all of your incredible experiences this year, so much personal growth and inquiry that's gone on in your world, what would you recommend um, or encourage the women listening to um, consider as, you know, into this time of like reflective year to maybe make, make some changes or to consider a new something going into 2020? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well, the first thing that came to my mind when you were um, talking was meditation. Um, my, like, I've always meditated. Like, I, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I haven't always <laughs> meditated, but um, <laughs> like, meditation has been something that I've just brought into practice more and more and more. Um, mm-hmm. And one of, like, and I talk about this, like, I talk about it to all like, my friends and I've shared it on my podcast, but I wanted to talk about it again. Um, I just have fallen in love with Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. I mean, they're long, mm. they're like an hour. Um, but his meditation has shifted, like, it's literally shifted my, like my own thinking pattern. Um, it shifted my own energy and how I see things. I shifted my perspective and how I do things. Um, and like a lot of times when I meditate, like take a few deep breaths or, you know, listen to like a clearing energy meditation, like I, I feel good afterwards. Um, but with Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation, it's like, holy moly, like I just stepped out of a different dimension. It's just so good. Um, So I would recommend that, playing around with that. Um, And honestly, I I think if it wasn't for my injury, I would have really resisted it because I'm like, oh, I have to like visualize and I have to like, what is this? Like sometimes I'm not, (laughs) I'm not about like future visualization. I'm like, why can't we just be in the present moment? But Mm -hmm. um, his meditation is really, really good. Um, and if anything, it teaches us to be in the present moment. So, uh, I definitely recommend that for like, a something to do in 2020 to really just, um, advance the level of our soul. <laughs> mm. No way. Oh, yeah. You are, you're the second person on my podcast to recommend his meditation. <gasps> Really? Oh my God, that's yeah. a sign. <laughs> a sign. Yeah. A sign. I didn't take action the first time, so the universe <laughs> is still knocking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, I mean, yeah, and he has a lot of different meditations. The one that I was gifted was um, his You Are the Placebo Meditation 2, because mm. he has one and two, and number two is just shorter. It's a little bit shorter, like 10 minutes shorter. Um, but that's the one that I do every day. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm going to look for it and put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm, and I can send you the link if you need it, but totally. Beautiful. Okay. So what else do you want to talk about before we wrap this baby up, girl? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, for my listeners, um, we talked about me the whole time. <laughs> let's, let's just do a little quickie on like, um, what is, what's happening in your world. So just for my audience, Crystal is an incredible, like entrepreneur, beautiful soul. And I, and like so powerful, um, and a really thriving six figure residual income business. And, um, a beautiful coach has an amazing team of entrepreneurs and network marketing, and I'm part of her team. And so, um, yeah, what do you have coming up? Okay. I like that. I like that little intro. It's like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, uh, <laughs> thanks, honey. Um, what's coming up? Well, right now I'm really excited about, um, like creating the vision for 2020 um, this time or in December last year, I, I hosted a vision book workshop where we crafted our vision, like a portable vision board. Um, and I'm doing that again. Uh, it's coming up in a few, it's actually the beginning of January. So my focus right now is wrapping up this 2019 vision. And it's so cool because you use like your four core values as, as like your guiding, um, like the, the four guiding lights, if you will, or, or chapters of your book. And you use that to kind of help you make decisions and to guide you through the year. And so as I'm flipping through the book, I, I was, this literally just happened before this call and I'm seeing in the, the chapter on legacy. So this is just like collages of pictures as you would see in a vision board. And I'm seeing just a, uh, pink piece of um of construction paper and it says plant trees that's was part of my legacy mm. chapter and i'm like it is almost december i live in southern ontario how am i planting <laughs> any trees <laughs> right so, so i was like what trees am i planting in the dead of winter and then literally seconds later my husband texts me and says He's like, hey, can you share this on your Instagram stories? I'm like, what is he sending me? Like, he's not really so much into like Instagram. And it's a screenshot of, of a project, I guess, that him and my son are contributing to of planting trees. Like oh literally it gosh, says, it says <laughs> Mike and Curtis planted 20 trees and it's for this organization. <sighs> and I was like, oh my God thank you. I just figured out how we can plant trees. <laughs> so I was wow. like so excited. So to me, like it's so important to not just to go through life just willy nilly and just like see where the wind blows you, like decide how you want to make an impact, what changes you'd like to see in your life, how you want to feel is like everything. And like, forget about the resolutions or like the hard core, like this amount of money by this date, but like put pen to paper, put it in some pictures, you know, feel what that feels like, because it's not necessarily just about driving that car. It's going to be about who you will need to become in order to earn that car. Who like... If you if your work has anything to do with the betterment of other people's lives, the only way for you to make money is by changing the world in some capacity. Now, mm -hmm. you and I, our paychecks with with one of our businesses that we have mutually compatible network marketing, the the only way for us to earn a dollar is literally to get the proper amount of nutrition, antioxidants, supplementation, and like all the good stuff in, at the cellular level of people. So we're literally affecting people at the cellular level. That's the only way we get paid, right? So it's pretty cool to say, okay, well, you know, I want to bring the family to Costa Rica for a month. Well, how many lives am I going to have to affect in a positive way in order to bring that to fruition? And I think like the whole idea, like, you know, creating a vision board is nothing new. <laughs> um, 
you know, Oprah was talking about it way back when, but it really does help to, if you're connected to your why on some capacity, even if you don't know it, but you just like, if you, like, you don't know that you're making decisions because you see, have, you see this on your vision board, connect to it every day. Even just glancing by it when you're brushing your teeth or whatever, you're, you're going to make these little tiny baby decisions. You're going to veer left, veer right in different ways. That is going to get you there. Right? So I guess my advice is like, just know where you want to go. <laughs> hmm there's, I, there's so much to be said in like the creation of a vision board. I like to call mine a theme board. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is my theme for the year. Uh, yeah. It's so fun. And I think that's like, make sure you're having fun as you're doing it. Cause like, that's the energy we want, right? We want to have fun. And so I love, that. I love that you have a vision booklet. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Joy is your job. Yeah. Joy and uh, I love job, that you baby. have a book so you can carry it. Yeah. Yeah. It's portable. So good. So take it everywhere we go. So, so yeah, so that's happening. And, and then like, I feel like it's just about clearing that space for the goodness to come. And I just did an exercise, um, with Carolyn Lee, who you and I both know, and it was really about the process of eliminating things that really don't serve us. So they don't fill us with joy. They aren't super productive. We don't necessarily enjoy doing them. So it's really being honest with what we can eliminate from our lives. Um, and they might be like tasks that feel okay, but it's, they're not great, right? So it's about really, it might be about saying no to the good so you can make more room for the great too. Mm, yes, I love that. So good. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to be busy you know? Um, and I, I, I've been experimenting with this lately and I got a call from the principal at the school and, uh, and she said, Hey, are you free to come volunteer today? And she didn't just call me randomly. I, you know, I said that I would be open to it. And I, and, uh, I was like, Oh sure. Yeah, I can do that. So I literally just crossed out my entire schedule and I show up at the school And it was the most mundane, (laughs) non-effective work that any, probably like, like they could have just taken a student out of class to do. I don't even know. Like it was just, I was not making an impact, a difference. No one cared. It was not. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I was there for like seven hours with. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, well, this is going on the eliminate list. (laughs) It's like one and done. Thank you very much. Yeah, You know what I mean? But it's like, I I mean, I I hope I did not offend anyone who volunteers at the school because there are volunteer jobs that are really, really important and necessary, make a big impact. It's just that that one in particular was just like – just a tedious job that needed to be done, you know? Mm. Anywho, that's, that was not a good use of my time. <laughs> Hashtag stop wasting my time. <laughs> oh, just wait till the, the, the principal listens to this, but I'm pretty sure she won't. Maybe who knows? Anyway, oh, I, I, I just got fired from my position. Well, <laughs> Michelle, I think um, I better hit the road. I got to go pick up my little guy, but I'm so, so happy for this time just to, just to chat with, you know, with you. Um, Maybe I get to connect with a few people who are listening to your awesome podcast and my friends get to meet you too and, and dive into, I mean, your wealth of, of knowledge on all things that have to do with, with personal growth and, and spiritual you know, furtherment and development. And I still have to figure out my birth time so you could help me with my, uh, you know, no more about my horoscope. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. Um, But I think, I think the one that, yeah, I think the one that we said as your birth time is the right one because 
still nail it to see if you can find it but I'm pretty sure it's it's the right time <laughs> it was it was that comment um, about um the personal battery pack I was like oh that might be me yeah yeah well you are definitely in human design world you are a generator um and uh, that totally makes sense you have like this strong battery um and then in astrology, I'm just curious what your rising is because your, your sun sign is Capricorn, regardless of the birth times you gave me. And then your moon sign is Cancer, uh, which I love Cancer moons. There's just so much um, just nurturance and compassion. Um, but yeah, so more to come on that astrology. <laughs> yeah, you guys follow Michelle because I don't know much about that. So go follow Michelle. Michelle, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me through, um, I hang out a lot on Instagram, michellewong.xo. And uh, also I'm on Facebook with michellewong.xo. And then my website uh, is michellewwong.com or you can go to uh, nonlinearpath.com. And uh, yeah, those are the places where I hang out. And my podcast, Sacred Emergence. Amazing. And everyone can find me over on Instagram, Krista Rialba. Uh, Facebook is the same. I think I have the same handle across the board, just Krista Rialba, and it's kristarialba.com. And the podcast is Ambitious Mama. Yay. I will share that in my show notes as well so they'll know how to find you. Amazing. Thanks, Michelle. I hope you have Thank a great um, day and also continuing with your healing journey. I hope it's, you know, it's all something that can be behind you in your journey. Thank you so much. It's been so fun, Krista. Thanks for having me on. And then I hope my listeners get to follow you and learn from you. Awesome. Amazing. And happy new year. If you guys are listening to this, get your visions ready. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.